Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I don't care how impossible the situation seems to you right now, and I really don't care what the, uh, be careful here, what the professionals, the so-called experts, I don't care what they're saying. It doesn't matter what they're saying. You have unfettered access to the Almighty God who loves you more than you could ever possibly even begin to imagine, and He will do anything for you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. In light of COVID-19, Pastor J.D. is sharing some special messages. In today's world, it's easy to get discouraged. Unemployment is high and so many people are struggling to make ends meet. Pastor J.D. reminds us today that God has promised to fulfill any prayer that is for your good and His glory. Don't get overwhelmed. Call out to God for everything you need. Nothing is too big for Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired and Truth podcast or download the Inspired and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 as he continues his message, Simply Pray. The unspeakable, unthinkable tragedy that he experienced in his life. It was actually these trials and these impossible situations that under the weight of most would have just crumbled and caved. It was because of those experiences in his life that he was inspired to write this classic hymn about the simplicity of prayer, and simply taking everything to the Lord in prayer. Indulge me if you would. I want to read. I won't sing it. I won't do that to you. I'll just read the words to this classic hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered With a load of care, precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and shield thee. 
thou wilt find a solace there. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised, thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. And then my favorite part, soon in glory bright unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. I want to close just kind of off script, unplugged, if you will, and just kind of share with you very personally how over the years when I've cried out to the Lord, when it just seemed so hopeless, the situation so impossible, it actually started early on, many, many years ago when my wife and I were told that we were unable to have children. We actually tried to adopt. We're actually ready to adopt a girl that was born to a 15-year-old birth mother that had come to Christ two weeks prior to meeting us to place her daughter with us in an open adoption. We were there for the birth. We even named her. And afterwards the birth mother wanted to take the baby girl home to, just before she placed her with us. And of course we knew, saw the handwriting on the wall, and we released her and um, realized that she had bonded with her baby. And so the adoption did not go through. Well, it was a period of actually 10 years, and this was about year seven. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I went in to my room at the time, got down on my face, and I just cried out to the Lord. And the Lord gave me a word, very specific. It wasn't audible, didn't need to be. And He just said to me, like with Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to give you a son one year to the day. And you know, at first you're, you're kind of thinking, well, maybe I'm just kind of caught up in the emotion of everything. But it was so clear and so specific, so clear that a fool could not err thereof. I'm the fool, and it needs to be that clear. And then the Lord just impressed upon my heart that I was to go to my wife, and I was to try to encourage her and say to her what the Lord had just spoken to me. And He even said, she's going to like Sarah, she's going to laugh. So I did, and she did. I went in and I told her, I said, honey, the Lord spoke to me very clearly that one year from the day we're going to have a son. It was that specific. And, and, and she, you know, you know, there's different kinds of laughs. You know, there's like the, the courtesy laugh. <laughs> that was the laugh that she, you know, kind of laughed. And um, it was almost a, a sympathetic laugh, like, honey, I know you're you're, you're as upset as I am, but we're going to get through this. I said, no, no, I know the Lord's going to give us a son one year from the day. Well, here's the thing. The girl that we were going to adopt was born on June 1st of 1997. 
my son, my firstborn son, was born exactly one year to the day, one year later on June the 2nd, 1998. It was impossible. I mean, my, my crying out to God, begging Him for a son was audacious. Talk about extravagant. Come on, are you kidding me? Maybe the Lord doesn't want you to have children. When I cried out to the Lord with this audacious, fantastic, extravagant request, Lord, give me a son, I made a vow to Him. And I said, Lord, if you will give me a son, a biological son, I will serve you all the days of my life. I had a business at the time. I said, Lord, I will sell my business and I will serve you wherever you send me. I will serve you all the days of my life. And I made that vow to him. And when I made that vow to him, it was in the hospital at the bedside of my dying mother. Nine months prior, my dad died of a massive heart attack suddenly. It was August the 14th, 1994. Nine months later, on May 22nd, my mom is there in a coma. They're already basically saying it's just a matter of time. And I just remember sitting there crying, weeping, crying out to God, God, if you take my mom, I no longer have parents, no, nor am I a parent. And it's one of those things where after you say it and pray it, you kind of ask God to forgive you for saying it and praying it. I said, God, if you take my mom, you give me a son. It was kind of like, what is this? Let's make a deal. So that's when I made the vow. I said, Lord, if you take my mom and you give me a son, I will go into the ministry and I will serve you all the days of my life. Well, she died on May the 22nd, 1995, exactly nine months later from when my dad died on August 14th, 1994. When we found out we were pregnant, again, by the way, we had lost three babies in miscarriages prior, one in the second trimester. So we go in and they tell us that, you know, how, how they give you the due date, they estimate, you know, the conception, the due date, and the nine month, you know, gestation period. They said, you, you conceived on August the 14th and your due date is May the 22nd. And I remembered that I had prayed and asked the Lord to give me a son if He took my mom. And it was on the exact dates of August the 14th and May 22nd. And it gets even better. Our son was post due. So the due date was May 22nd. He wasn't born until June 2nd, because that was exactly one year to the day that God had spoken to me that He was going to give me a son. I sold my business, started my first church in 1999. And <laughs> is it okay if I just share one more? I mean, what are you going to say no? Even if you did say no, I can't hear you. Because <laughs> anyway, so here's, here's another one. My other son, Levi, is born more of a miracle, because in that, in between my firstborn son and the birth of my second son, we had 
uh, an ectopic pregnancy that almost took my wife's life. And so we lost one of the fallopian tubes, and it was on the side that we don't ovulate. I learned more about the female anatomy and reproductive system than any guy should ever know. But anyway, so we, we lost one of the fallopian tubes because of this ectopic pregnancy. So arguably all of our children after our firstborn son were, were even in some regards a bigger miracle. So my secondborn son, Levi, was born. We move here. We start this church, this amazing, amazing church. And this is 2004, started a Bible study. 2005 started our first Sunday services. And I had been praying and crying out to the Lord, Lord, give us a daughter. Because <laughs> here's the thing, when you have two boys, you don't want a third. Okay, I'm just saying. So I prayed, Lord, give me, give me a daughter. And so we found out that we were pregnant with a girl. So in the eighth month of the pregnancy, we learned that she had what's called trisomy 18. It's a chromosomal anomaly, an abnormality. It's a third copy of the 21, or pardon me, the 18 chromosome, trisomy 18. Trisomy 21 is Down syndrome. That's not fatal. Or as the medical community refers to it, incompatible with life. If you have a third copy of the 18 chromosome or the 13 chromosome, incompatible with life. So they told us that if she's born and survives the birth, she only has a 10% chance of making it to her first birthday. So she was born on December 28th. We named her Noel, and uh, we, she survived the birth against all odds. We took her home and we knew that it was just going to be a matter of time before she would die, because it wasn't a question of if, it was a question of just when. So we had her for four months and six days. My wife and I slept in shifts. She required round-the-clock care. And I remember those nights just crying out to God, God. And I, I, I remember she was so tiny because of the trisomy 18, and I, was, I would hold her in one hand, and I had my Bible in the other hand, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pray. It was just liquid prayers, as Charles Spurgeon calls it. And I just remember crying out to God, you know, God, I, I don't know what you're doing. And it was like God was saying, I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. Just trust me. And He gave me Psalm 27, 13, and 14. That's become a life verse for me where David says, I'm still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be strong, wait on the Lord. You'll see it. It's basically summed up like this. Just wait, you'll see. Just wait, you'll see. Trust me, just wait, you'll see. So on May 4th of 2006, she took her last breath in her arms and her and she uh, left her diseased body and went into the presence of the Lord. And it was the most painful experience of our entire lives. But God, we cried out to God in our grief, our, our pain. <clears throat> and 45 days 
after Noel went to be with the Lord, my wife comes to me and says, Honey, I want to have another daughter. And now I'm the one who starts laughing like Sarah, like she did when I told her that God's going to give us a son. She said, No, God's going to give us another daughter, not to replace Noel, but to heal our broken hearts over Noel. And we conceived the first time. We go in, now we're considered very high risk, and with trisomy there's no, in fact the odds can even be greater once you've had one trisomy child. So we go in to the ultrasound and and it's 4D, so I mean it's, it's the l- latest technology where you can see, I mean, so clearly. And my wife and I prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, we want her to be healthy and smart and beautiful. And unbeknownst to me, my wife was praying that God would give her uh, this beautiful voice with which to sing. I, I didn't know that until later. So we go into that ultrasound, and of course the doctor says, do you want to know gender? And we said, well, we already know it's a girl. We really, you know, really want to see her hands and her feet. And the reason was, is because with trisomy, that they call it rocker bottom, the feet are deformed. They're like, you know, like this. And with trisomy 18, their hands are clenched. They can never, Noel could never open her, her hands. That's just part of the third 18 chromosome. So we said, we just want to see your hands. So they're, they're doing the ultrasound. And our daughter, not only did we get to see her hand, she waved at us in the ultrasound, like as if to say, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay. Well, she was born March 19th of 2007, and she is all of the above, as only God can. And I share that in closing only to encourage you and promise you that if you will come to the Lord and pour out your heart to Him, and cry out to Him in that situation, as hopeless and as impossible as it seems, especially at a time like this, and as audacious as it might be, you ask God for anything. Oh, but pastor, haven't you heard? I think the number now is 36 million unemployed in America. Oh, I want to, and I, I, I want to very lovingly say this to you and suggest this to you. Why don't you just live on the edge and ask God to give you a business of your own? Did you ever think about that? You think God can do that? God can do anything. Nothing is impossible for Him. I want to say this, don't misunderstand what I said. I don't care. I mean, I care. <laughs> But I don't care how bad it looks for you right now. I don't care how impossible the situation seems to you right now. And I really don't care what the, uh, be careful here, what the professionals, the so-called experts, I don't care what they're saying. 
It doesn't matter what they're saying. You have unfettered access to the Almighty God who loves you more than you could ever possibly even begin to imagine, and He will do anything for you. And it's there for the asking. And if it's for your good and His glory, you're going to get it. You've got it. Now, it may not be in the way that you think or at the time that you think, but you can be assured with confidence that you will have what you ask for. One last thing. This, did I already say one last thing? Oh, here's another last, last thing. This building, this property. Oh my goodness. I know I already mentioned it, but there was a point where <laughs> I'm on my face before God, like Jehoshaphat, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I didn't hear the Lord, and maybe we weren't supposed to buy this property. Maybe I I, I, you know, maybe it was me. And I thought we had made the biggest mistake of our entire lives. And I remember crying out to God. It took us a year to get the permit. And during that time, I mean, we were doing what we could. So thankful to the many servants, faithful servants who worked so tirelessly. So we're waiting for the permit and I'm looking at this thing, and oh my goodness, I could show you pictures of before and after. They are breathtaking. This place was, I mean, unbelievable. And I just had the audacity to ask God (laughs) for what He gave to us, just believing by faith, even though the size of only a mustard seed, that God is able. And like Alexander the Great, ask Him for that which only a king could grant. I mean, listen, if it's not His will, He's not going to give it to you, and you're going to thank Him for not giving it to you, because were He to give it to you against His will, it would be tragic for you and destructive to you. So there's that built-in check. Why not take a risk? Yeah, but man, this, is, this, this thing is really bad, and there's no end in sight. And I'm, I've not only lost my job, I'm about to lose my house. Okay. Why don't you ask God for a miracle? Say, Lord, this, this is looking hopeless. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And then you just wait and see what God is going to do. God can do anything, and it's there for the asking. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 